Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio. In exactly one week, the 2017 Power Athlete Symposium kicks off in Austin, Texas. And if you are a regular listener of this show, chances are that you have already been sufficiently mansoned into purchasing your tickets. But if you're still on the fence, here's a little sneak preview at some of the talent. Dr. Christy Anderson of Human Health Specialists joins us this week to talk about her process of analyzing the body's numerous biomarkers in order to have you performing optimally. Her approach is far from conventional, which subsequently is why it's so much more effective than the traditional physicians. A little blood, feces, and urine sure seems like a small price to pay to becoming a fucking rock star. This is episode 236. Make this run on time. A little white pill for them little white lines I'm smoking. Power Athlete Nation. What is up? This is Luke. There's Tex. I can see him. You can't. He's looking good. He's sporting his Georgetown Athletics uh, dry fit full sleeve jersey rolled up with, with just a enough set of really nice high cut jean shorts. Yes, and uh, all we see is these, hair. These are hair my boiling over from the collar. These are my construction shorts. Oh, <laughs> we got work on the barn. Didn't you steal those from Cali? Jean shorts and boots is a good look. No, text. but we did macrame them together. Oh, did you macrame? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know what macrame <laughs> as a pair of jean shorts is, but you know I, I like it. It sounds like it sounds like a new talent we can pick up. And that's John Wellborn. Yeah, and this, this is, is another episode of Power Athlete Radio, the, the premier, premier podcast, podcast in, in strength and, and conditioning. Ing. 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 All right, people, don't fast forward because we have a very special announcement. I think I'm going to do this one in 20 seconds, and everyone's going to be screwed because they're going to go too fast forward. Impossible. You don't think so? December 8th, 9th, and 10th is the Power Athlete Symposium, 2017 Power Athlete Symposium, the premier uh, symposium in strength and conditioning in Austin, Texas in, in December. December. Yeah. Right? Tickets are available, powerathletehq.com slash symposium. We have a stellar lineup of guests. Uh, oh, we, we also did have the, um, well, this one will come out a little bit later, but we did have the last CrossFit football SSA ass backwards seminar that we taught mm-hmm. this weekend in uh, uh, Mayhem CrossFit Mayhem in Tennessee. So that was the final one. So yeah, you guys we had like thirty five people there, and um, you know, and loose profanity it. only upset one person. Okay, John. Okay, all right. Yeah. So you know, we got our reviews back from our very last event, which were exactly as we planned. Uh, so much profanity, <laughs> quote unquote, that it the the individual could not even learn. It was so profane. She was what? so upset by they, the amount of they, prof- John. Oh, sorry, they were what? so upset by the amount of profanity. It ruined the, their it, learning experience. Mm-hmm. She yeah. knew we were extremely intelligent. And switched it, on yeah, great she, information. She acknowledged our intelligence. But not was, mine. This is talking about you guys. Well, uh, you know, you guys accused me of uh, calling somebody a cheese dick. No, not calling. I actually was calling him a cheese <laughs> stick. So they might have misheard me. So I, I kind of wanted to email her back and be like, I was saying cheese stick, not cheese <laughs> them. dick. Email them. Them. Sorry, them. All right, people. December 8th, 9th, and 10th, Symposium. We have a, a killer lineup. Uh, we got Derek Woodski. We got Bert Soren. We've got Ralph Ruiz, Ingrid Markham, Dr. Mike Wasselissen from Move You, uh, and many, 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 many more. And our crew from Cosenta. And you hear about us talk about this crew quite a bit on Power Athlete Radio. And if you've had the fortune of sitting there talking with us. Well, uh, they were also the, uh, I like to refer to them as the doctors formerly known as. Human performance specialist. That's also true. So now they're known as Cosenta. Much like, you know, I, I mean, Tom wanted to just go with like a symbol 
but I was like, it didn't work for Prince, so let's just not, let's just actually pick something else. And those two are Dr. Tom Inkladon, who you've heard about, and his partner in crime, Dr. Christy Anderson, who is our guest no on, uh, on today's yeah. episode of Power Athlete Radio. So folks, if you are not signed up for that, tickets are still available, so get them while they last. We only have, I mean, by the time this airs, uh, yeah, there's a couple days left. This weekend is, it, you have, you only have this weekend to pick up those tickets. So if you're going to make it happen, you better make it happen fast. Okay, people? So, Dr. Christy Anderson, what is up? Not much, guys. Just sitting here with you guys. So I guess uh, as our listeners, listen, we've been talking about this symposium for the past month or so, probably longer than that. And, you know, your name has come up and we always kind of call you the partner in crime with Dr. Tom. And we've had <laughs> all have had the good fortune. Well, it's because he's a criminal. Yes. <laughs> and it's normally a time criminal just stealing time from us. Yeah. It's like, oh, my gosh, it's been eight hours. Tom hasn't breathed yet. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and people are like this, like, you know, like in the deal where like all of a sudden like the nuclear blast goes up and burns people's faces and it's like, ah, that's what. <laughs> What people feel like when Tom talks, <laughs> but uh, text John. And at Mike. the end of the eight hours, then he's really hungry. Yeah, exactly. And they're wondering right. where did he buy that shirt? <laughs> it's the only question. <laughs> like, dude, where, where'd you get that shirt, dude? That's all I want to know. <laughs> but uh, Dr. Christie, you've, you've we've had the fortune of working with you, and uh, you know, uh, oftentimes with folks that have, we send your way, uh, you're you're the front line of defense, and you help these folks right. out. So maybe just give us a little brief. Um, Brief, you know, what do you what do you do at Causenta? What led you there? What's your background? What's your history? And what got you into this sure. whole thing? Yeah. So I've always been into kind of the natural alternative. I was the one that drove my parents crazy because at the age of 13, I decided that I didn't want to eat beef and chicken anymore because of the way they were raised and all the antibiotics in the meat. And of course, that was that was back, uh, a, you know, a, a little while ago. So uh you know, m drove my mom crazy for a while, and we finally figured that out. And, you know, I was basically a happy, healthy teenager and all through my 20s and everything else. And I wanted to be a doctor ever since I was the age of four. So I always walked around dressing up like a doctor, treating all of my, you know, little stuffed animals, baby dolls, etc. And I was always playing doctor with them. So this was always part of what I wanted to do. And nobody in my family had really even gone to college at that point in time. So everybody was like, are you really sure you want to be a doctor? And so that's, that's what I grew up wanting to be. And then whenever I was in my undergrad, I, you know, was looking at med schools and being like, okay, well, what, do, what exactly do I want to do as a doctor? I knew I wanted to help people. I knew I wanted to make them feel better. Um, and because I was always into the natural stuff for me, my horses, my dogs, all that stuff, when I was growing up, I was like, well, I want to do something natural. You know, why do I want to, you know, give patients, you know, chemicals and stuff whenever I don't need to. There's, there's, you know, botanicals and, and beautiful medicine that we've used for centuries, if not millennia, um, to cure people and to help them and to make them better. Um, we can certainly still use that, you know, just because we're in the 20th or 21st century now, um, you know, we can, can still use that medicine. And so I started looking around and that's actually what led me to naturopathic medicine. Um, was the idea that I was going to be trained just like any other physician out there. I could still use my medication. So I was, I was still trained in pharmacology, and I could still use it when needed. You know, there's always the, I really need an antibiotic because, you know, uh, this bacteria is overwhelming me. Or, you know, I'm having an anaphylactic reaction. 
yes, we're going to give you something for that. We're going to give you a medication that's rapidly acting and you can be, you know, back to breathing in a matter of moments. Um, you know, there's times for each one of those. But what we find is that the chronic diseases, the chronic illnesses, the long-term stuff, um, you know, it, it can do so much better whenever we give it more of the natural approach. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of what led me to the medicine. Um, and then the particular, you know, type of doctor I am and the way I like to treat people is just for my life experiences. So, you know, I like to find out all about patients. Um, anybody that has seen me probably is like, wow, you know, I gave her more of my life story than I've probably even given my you know, partner. Um, because it's like, I want to know all the details because those details really do matter. Because if I don't know the details, then a, a lot is lost. And then we just go into that spot treatment. And most people, the reason why they're coming to see us is because those spot treatments haven't worked. Um, you know, the chronic pain or, you know, the injury that just won't heal. It's not because it's the injury site needs more attention. It's had all the attention it could possibly want. It's the rest of the body. It's the immune system that's not functioning now, so it can't repair the tissue. It's, you know, the gastrointestinal system that's all messed up, so it's sending mixed signals throughout the body. Um, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. So what I like to do is I like to look at it from the larger point of view, um, the all-encompassing. And, you know, working with Dr. Incladon, um, you know, he, he probably looks at even the bigger picture because then he goes into all the research and he goes into all the pathways. And so he goes from, you know, the macroscopic all the way down to the microscopic. And, and I usually land somewhere in between as far as, okay, what can we actually do to help this patient? And how can we use all that data and kind of still it down and focus on what needs to be focused on and, you know, kind of help that patient from, you know, where they are and helping them get better, not with just the problem that they're coming in with, but also like the global. So making them feel better, um, sleep better, it, you know, they can do whatever they want in the gym, they can do whatever they want at their job, they can, you know, have energy from the time they wake up until they want to go to bed. Um, not, you know, just being forced to go to bed because they're so tired at 6pm at night after working. So, you know, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, and the way I practice, um, most of you guys that have been here or the, you know, the people that are, are looking at us, um, you know, it's one of those where we do like to spend lots of time and kind of find out all the details and then really take, you know, our technologies that we have available, our information, our knowledge, and then all the research and putting that together to help the patients. And that's, you know, that's our point of view. And that's how we kind of attack each one of them um, and each symptom that we come across. Yeah. And I mean, uh, com compare and contrast that to, I guess, the traditional or the more common experience going to the doctor is like you got 15 minutes to turn and burn. You fill out a form, you run in, you know, maybe you pee in a cup, maybe you turn your head and cough and they say, hey, nice to see you. Get out of here and we'll send you a script. I mean, when we the, the experiences I've had, you know, we come in, it's at least an hour of, uh, you know, talk. And then if you do your due diligence up front, we give you all sorts of info. And like you said, it's just a, it's a right. thorough it's like you, you feel like you're getting a true service. And, you know, that you, you all are 
diving into what's going on under the hood to provide us with the treatment or guidelines or recommendations walking out of there, you know? Well, I mean, most people, uh, you know, the way we've been taught medicine here is that we deal with problems when they rise and there's yeah. no idea of being proactive. So, I mean, I remember the first time meeting with Tom, he's like, you know, uh, let's get blood work. And I remember I'm like, well, I mean, actually we were dealing with something at the time, but his deal was always like, uh, let's see what it looks like when it's good so that when, you know, when we start continually testing things, we know when things go bad and we can make changes and we can get history. Mm -hmm. And I think by just uh, being proactive um, and really just, you know, going, you know, getting blood work and going to see the doctor when you feel good gives them um, kind of a baseline. So in case something bad happens, you know, they can look and see, hey, this is where it changed. This is where it was good. This is where it was bad. And at least gives you something. If the only time you go to the doctor is when you get sick, then, you know, how does he necessarily know how to treat it? Mm -hmm. And um, I mm -hmm. think that's the... Uh, the model, which I've always really appreciated about uh, Causento, was the idea of, um, you know, we just want to, you know, work with the individual through, you know, all different, you know, uh, you know, stages, I guess you could say, and, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, lead a long, productive, long life. Yeah, I would say, too, that we, um, you know, our point of view, and I think any physician that is really interested in health rather than disease state, the point of view is really to keep the patient healthy. You want to see the patient um, twice a year because they're healthy. You don't actually want to see them every week because they're not healthy. Um, you're, you know, our whole goal is to keep all of our patients at optimal health. And whatever it takes to get you there and to keep you there is, is what we want. Um, you know, and optimal health is different for every, every person that walks through the door. Um, and, you know, whenever we're talking about, you know, athletes or, you know, the weekend warriors, um, you know, sometimes optimal health for them can be very different. You know, if they're a, if they're a pro athlete, optimal health is about staying on that team. It's like, do whatever it takes to stay on the team, to keep making the money, to keep making the plays. And, and that's where I want to be. So, so that's very different from, let's say the retired athlete or the weekend warrior that has to perform you know, five days a week in the boardroom, and then he wants to go out, you know, and, and hit the mountain biking trails or do this or do that or whatever on the weekends and, you know, hit it hard. Um, and then trying to make time for, for family and for exercise and everything else during the week. I mean, so those are very, you know, kind of different perspectives. And, and we're here to kind of, you know, make all of that happen um, by, by being proactive and by, you know, facilitating whatever it is that that body needs. And a lot of times, you know, to look at a person's health, especially from kind of the, the molecules all the way up through the way you actually look on the outside is by doing testing. So, so we do a lot of testing and we look at, you know, what is your vitamin mineral status? What is your antioxidant status? What is your amino acids? You know, a, a lot of guys before or after a workout, um, you know, they'll take a scoop of, you know, amino acids or they'll take a scoop of protein or, or you know, protein or whatever. And it's just like, do you actually need it? Is it helpful for you? Um, you know, is it causing you harm or is it doing you, you know, great good? And you don't know because it's just, you're, you're going according to the marketing fads. You know, oh, you've got to take this before or after a workout. Um, and, and that's not always the best for everyone's health. So if you look at what your body is actually saying, you know, we look at blood, we look at urine, we look at feces, we look at all kinds of stuff. And we go, okay, what is your body telling us? Because all of this lab data is you. This is you put basically uh, in a Petri dish under a microscope and expand it out. 
And those are things that we can't see. I, I can't tell you what your, you know, red blood cell vitamin mineral content is just by looking at you. I have no idea. Um, so, so we do all of that to kind of find out all of those details. And then we build up whatever needs to be built up. We change whatever needs to be changed. And that optimizes your health. And it optimizes it from the foundation upward. You know, you can't expect to go into the gym and immediately lift like, like John. You know, that just doesn't happen. That, that just isn't built overnight. You know, that's a process. Um, everyone starts out, you know, doing small workouts, smaller weights, and then building up. You, you can't expect to do something at top fitness level whenever you first start. It's the same with health. If you've ignored your health for 20, 30, 40, whatever years, you, you can't just all of a sudden magically change that. You've got to work on it, and you've got to work on it from those foundations. And if you work on it from the foundations, everything is better. You sleep better. You're more energetic. You can do what you want. You know, sexual health is better. Eating is better. Functioning is better. Brain function is better. Everything is much improved. And guess what? You don't get hurt. So you can go and do the weekend warrior thing. You can go in the gym and, and you know, crush yourself, but you can recover and you don't have to worry about those injuries. And that's what it means to kind of build someone up from the foundation, to make sure that all of those parameters of health are kind of covered and taken care of and constantly reevaluated. We're a dynamic machine. We're constantly changing, but we're also being used every day. You know, it's like your car. If your car sits in the garage, guess what? You're not going to need to do much to it. The oil's not going to need to be changed. The gas isn't going to need to be filled. The tires aren't going to need to be replaced. Nothing's going to need to be done because it's sitting in the garage. You take it out, you start driving it every day. The more you drive it, the more you got to do to it. It's the same with the body. The more we do to it, the more we have to take care of it. And that's what we're looking you know, to do for each person is to make sure that whatever they're utilizing in that daily process of life, that we're, we're keeping up with that as far as their health and wellness. So I guess if we were to... Um... I guess, draw a fence around kind of our listener base or people who are following our stuff. Mo they, I guess they would fall into that weekend warrior kind of classification and they may, you know, mm -hmm. at least in, in terms of their training, right? Because we right. were a training company, population primarily is following some sort of dedicated training system, right? Now, whether or not they actually have that event to go display, you know, whatever they're training for, uh, that's up in the air. Now, uh, I guess with that said, I know you guys treat a variety of folks there, like you said, to elite kind of premier apex athletes, and then also down to, you know, the other end of the spectrum, folks who are just really unhealthy and just, you know, for whatever reason, they're, it, they walk up to your door, it could be like their last hope or uh, mm -hmm. just through... Uh, so basically you have that spectrum. Now within that right. middle ground, kind of where our listeners fall, what are some of the common themes that you see uh, with where they're, where they're neglecting, I guess, the, the vehicle, you know what I mean? Where they're neglecting their body or health or wellness or whatever. Yeah. I, I guess what I see most often is they think that because they're working out and because they're following a good, you know, exercise regimen, and their, their body fat is, you know, somewhere between like, I don't know, 15 and 30%, I would say, is where most of them fall, um, that, that they think that they're healthy. Um, and 
part of them is very healthy. Um, but then the other part of them might not be. So it's like, well, have you looked at your long-term cardiovascular markers? Have you looked at some of your genetics as to what you're predisposed to? Um, and have you looked at just because you're taking 10 different supplements, is that what you should be taking? Are you taking the, are you taking the supplements that your body actually needs? Because a lot of times what we find is that people are taking all these supplements and it's not a bad thing, but at the same time, it's like you want to spend your resources where they're most needed, right? So if you're really good on, um, you know, amino acids, then taking more and more and more amino acids is, is not really going to help you that much. Um, but if you're severely deficient in them and you're not taking them or you're just taking them ah, sporadically, you know, once or twice a week, something like that, then that is you know, contributing to you not being as, as optimal as you possibly could be. And so what we find is that most of it is probably deficiencies that aren't realized. Um, and then the other thing, because of those deficiencies, you're more predisposed to an unhealthy system in general. So that might mean you get sick more often, that might mean you get hurt more often. That might mean that whenever you do get hurt, you can't recover. Um, all of those things are components because, again, if, if the base is really good, if the foundation is solid, lots of other things can kind of damage structures, but you can rebuild it. You know, when, whenever you're building a, a structure, if your foundation is good, something can fall through the roof and you replace the roof. Something can bust through a wall or a window and you replace that. And it's not damaging to the whole unit. Um, but if that foundation is, is bad, if that foundation is, you know, filled with holes and, and rotting and decaying, it, you know, something falls through the roof, the whole thing falls apart. You know, so it's the same thing with the human body. If, if the foundation is really good and really stable, you can get hurt and still be able to recover fully from that. Um, so, you know, I would say that that's probably where most of those, uh, people fall into is one, they're, they're not, um, as healthy on their kind of structure of foundation as they should be. And they don't realize it, um, no fault of their own, but again, you can't see the micro environment within your own body. I can't see the micro environment in, in anybody else's body. I have to use lab testing to do that. Um, and so they just, they've never had that done. They've never looked at it from that perspective. Um, you know, so, so that's what it is. And, and that enables you to overcome anything that might come your way. And yeah, I guess, uh, that's like the ultimate fallacy. Right. And I, I've, for whatever reason, this conversation is, uh, the conversation with Dr. Will Wiley, Willie, William Willie, right. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, just how, how folks, the, the biggest fallacy is health and wellness is, is the mirror check. And like, that is, that is an element of it. And that's kind of what you're talking right. about. Right. Is like, oh, I look right. pretty healthy. You know, I just yeah. want to look skinny. I'll be healthy, but the goal oh my, it's, it couldn't be further from the truth. Right. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a ton of skinny people that I deal with that are completely unhealthy, you know, and, and conversely, there are a ton of, you know, patients that'll come in and they're, you know, 35, maybe 40% body fat. And, you know, at the structure, at the foundation of it, they're pretty healthy. Should they lose some weight? Absolutely. Should they turn some of that into muscle? Absolutely. But at the same time, you know, you can't, you can't read a book by its cover. You, you just, you just can't. And you have to kind of understand those foundations 
um, in order to be able to, to be the optimal person that you want to be. Yeah. And, you know, I guess the supplementation thing is also, I mean, Tex, I know, uh, you just got a, a lot of work done at Cosenta and you regularly taking magnesium and you're like, well, I was good on magnesium. Basically wasted my money on that shit. Yeah, just <laughs> listening to different, um, you know, people talk about it. They're like, everybody's everybody's deficient. This will help you sleep. And I'm like, all right, maybe I am deficient. And Jump it turns on out it. that you were not magnesium deficient. Yeah, he's yeah. 90% magnesium, actually. Well, that's why my bone <laughs> density, uh, that's why I'm in the 96 percentile. Probably not, but um, yeah, I fell for... Well, it's, it's a good narrative. I, well, I well you gave for the, uh, the bro recommendation. Hey, bro. I fell for bro. You um, should take this, bro, because I feel great and I take this. That's how people get their supplement recommendations. Well, the, yeah. the bro, hey, I take this. I feel amazing. You should take it, too, because you well, feel amazing. The bro was Uncle Dave. Anything Uncle Dave tells me to do, I'm going to do. Uncle Dave Brewer? Mm-hmm. Well, Uncle Dave Brewer is uh, not salty? only emotional, but is he a physically, uh, like, he's in a hole, man. Like, he, you know, <laughs> if he's listening to this, I hope he is. Right Jesus. now, he's, uh, you know, in a set of combat boots, his underwear, and, uh, you know, and uh, With you a know, shotgun and, across and his lap. With a helmet, hiding a in his bathroom, talking about, you know, when Charlie comes and gets me. And you take nutritional advice from him, I wouldn't do it. Well, well it's supplement advice. That's different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, non-nutrition. Well, and you know what's amazing is Uncle Dave is a Cosenta client as well, and uh, you should see how, how messed up he is. I've never seen that many supplement packets. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is, it, is there like HIPAA law or something we have to account for? No, we're, no. we're not using it. I mean, we've, protected, we've changed the names to protect, them, to protect the oh, innocent, yeah. so we're a lot Fair like enough. the A-team in that way. <laughs> yeah, but I guess, Dr. Christie, I mean, you know, is that... Do, <sighs> That's it's you know at our seminars that's oh, inevitably always a question we receive during right. our nutrition right is like well what right. supplement should I take and that's like one of the bigger fallacies is it's hard, that's a hard thing basically uh, how how do you recommend that because are there are there some just kind of hey you're probably good investing in this type of thing but then there's the whole underbelly of the supplement industry where it's like ah we'll just put some dirt in this pill well, and call it protein but we also know that a lot of times um, various nutrients and uh, deficiencies come from low level informa- uh, inflammation I mean right. if you look at like the majority of people in this country are uh, low in zinc magnesium and iron and it just so happens uh, because the inflammation within the gut uh, those nutrients can't attach to the receptors so all the Implementation in the world isn't going to yeah, help you if you, you unless you fix a low-level inflammation and start fixing your gut. So I remember when I first started working with Tom, and uh, I asked him, I was like, "Well, I'm deficient in all these things, should I just take them?" And he's like, uh, "It's not that simple." And he's like, "Well, what we do is we have to look at some of the food allergy panels and start removing things that are causing the inflammation, so that your body will absorb them." And um, you know, and then we got in this whole talk on nutrient density, how uh, you know we think that there's a certain you know amount of nutrients in a food and it's just not the case. So something mm-hmm. might not be as nutrient dense, you know, based off of soil and, you know, other oh, factors. Yeah, yeah. And that's where we, you know, and that's where he first, you know, dropped me with the Roy G. Biv idea of like eating for color and that the most, uh, the healthiest people eat the most variety of foods and being able to go out and look for bright colors. And, and that was really mm-hmm. the uh, plan of attack for finding nutrient dense food. Yeah. And with, you know, with the supplements and with the nutrients, um, you, you generally can't go wrong if you do that. So if you eat a variety of foods, um, and you eat whole foods and what I mean by whole foods is your food should look very similar as it's grown in the farmer's field when it gets to your plate. So if your broccoli looks like it was whenever it was growing in the field and it it still looks like that and it's sitting on your plate, that's pretty good. 
Um, you know, the mac and cheese with specks of broccoli in it and calling that broccoli, not so good. Doesn't really look like it did grown in farmer's field. Mm -hmm. You know, the other thing is like chicken. You know, if you've got a nice chicken breast and, and it, you know, if you, you think about skin in a chicken and, and that's what it looks like, and it still looks like that when it gets to your plate, good. If it's now shaped into nuggets that is, you know, um, something in the middle that doesn't quite really look like chicken anymore and it's breaded and it's, you know, the shape of a dinosaur. Oh, yeah, dino um, nuggets. But yeah, I thought those were made from real little dinosaurs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not, it's made from real quite. dinosaurs. You didn't think that, John. Yeah, dino never. nuggets. They're made from <laughs> they're made from real dinosaurs. Well, you know, they're a couple uh, million years old. We're good. Well, with no, them. dinosaurs have been around. Uh, you know, I Five saw, I years saw ago. a picture of Jesus riding a dinosaur, so I'm going with two thousand years. <laughs> All just dinosaurs romping around this flat Earth. I saw a know? picture. I saw a picture of Jesus riding a dinosaur. There you go. And I think he had a machine gun and he was fighting a shark <laughs> that was fighting, that was riding a uh, white... That was a, shooting a, out of a tornado. A, a great, <laughs> he, was, he was riding a great white shark, this bear was, and Jesus was fighting him on a t- out of T-Rex. Mm-hmm. It was a picture. It was on the internet, so it has to be true, right? Yeah, if it's on the internet, it has to be true. That's, yeah. the, that's the other, like, you know, thing that patients do. Well, I read it on the internet. Oh, oh well, you sound like my mom. That's Dr. Great. Christie knows my mom, and my mom will call me. And she'll like uh, my mom uh, likes to get her information from uh, uh, things that people forward her. Oh yeah, yeah. The chain letter, <laughs> chain letter educated. So, so like my mom will get yeah. something forwarded to her by somebody who uh, uh, you know really is you know maybe a third grade reading level, and my mom will forward it to me and goes, uh, "What do you think?" And I'm like, "Mom, this is uh, uh, this is nonsense." And she's like, "Oh okay." And I'm like, "Why do you keep forwarding me this stuff?" It's like, uh, but I think maybe she's just looking for dialogue. Yeah, she just wants your attention, John. That's yeah. all. <laughs> she she just wants me to co-sign get, off on you know quinoa. What? I think we get Doris on the podcast. Ooh, no, no, We've no, had no. Robert Alden. She the wouldn't third. have on that. Well, we, she just wouldn't even know. We'll mic her up. She won't even know. And we'll yeah. interview her. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's that's actually what you need to do. You need to just corner my mom, and we can set a can, uh, like a, a microphone up behind her, and then just let her go. That's it. That's the plan. <laughs> and she will talk trash on you for eight to six, uh, eight to ten hours. I, yeah, I did see a fun little thing on the internet where it's like, all right. I want you to text your mom right now. How do I microwave a 25-pound turkey? <laughs> Screenshot what she her reply and put it in the comments. So then I was, I read probably about 10 responses from mothers that I was like, oh man, this is hilarious. What was it? Uh, we 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 can pull it up. But essentially, like, you're an idiot. Ha- half of them were like, oh, I don't know. I've never thought of that. You should Google it. And the other half were like, you're a freaking idiot. Don't yeah. do that. That's not how microwaves work. Yeah. You don't have a microwave big enough. Just, I don't know, yeah. stupid, funny stuff. Well, let's loop it back in, wrangle it in. So, we, I mean, we kind of got insight <laughs> on on the micronutrient profile, supplementation, you know, kind of best practices. Hey, you know, take you need to be taking a look under the hood at least once a year, right? Sure. Best practice. But let's shift gears to kind of like to pain management. I mean, is it the same? Can some of these deficiencies be triggers for people who are like have, have pain or like like you were saying you have are injuries? Are talking about like physical or emotional hurt? pain? Because uh, I don't know if Dr. Christie deals with emotional pain that much. I don't think so. She could. Yeah, I don't know. Is anyone here suffering emotional pain? Tex. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be those macrame jean shorts he's wearing because those are painful. Uh, I mean, Doc. Um, uh, yeah. You know, in terms of dealing with pain, I know that you have uh, several things outside the realm of just prescribing a pill, which seems oh, to be yeah. the way that most you know most doctors deal with pain. Like, oh, it hurts. Take this pill. I mean, right. I've, I've seen you do everything from um, you know PRP to uh, ACS to uh, to prolotherapy. Um, you know, I've seen like you know we did. Uh, um, I know we've done you know versions of prolo with. Uh, 
Oh man, just, just you know, I always joke and call it the kitchen sink because I'm like, just whatever right. you got in there, throw it in my shoulder. Um, <laughs> so can you go through some of like, um, you know, what's in your, I, I guess, what's in your wallet, but more importantly, like what's in your toolbox in terms of, you know, uh, sure. you know, pain management, especially with orthopedic injuries? Yeah. So the orthopedic injuries um, in some ways are the easiest to treat. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, if, if there's a tear, if there's, you know, um, a, a structural change from quote unquote normal, and we can source that that's the pain because I did this, I heard that, and now the shoulder doesn't work or, you know, now the, the bicep is, you know, not functioning. So if, if it's kind of straightforward like that, um, then usually that's, that's fairly easy to treat. Um, the harder ones to treat, of course, are the ones that when we, when we talk about structure. So if you think of, um, you know, building an erector set or, or being kind of an architect, again, we're talking about foundation all the way up foundation, not good rest of structure, not good. Um, but a lot of times it's like, Patients will get hurt um, a lot of times, like in high school, college, that type of thing. They think that that was overcome. They think that that's perfectly fine. But let's just say it was an Achilles um, injury. And that healed, but now they've got chronic back pain. And everything on the back looks fine. They keep doing stuff on the back, on the back, on the back, and nothing really works. Nothing, nothing is really impacting that back, that low back pain. And it's just like, okay, now we need to start looking out outside of the actual spot. So the spot where you feel the pain is the back. Okay, we got that. But everything we do for the back doesn't work. It doesn't make an impact. It doesn't last. So then we have to start looking at the architecture and we have to look below and above, basically. So, you know, sometimes, um, like with the Achilles injury, a lot of times I find that it's actually... Um, an imbalance on the one side where the Achilles tendon injury was, it scarred up, it healed. And so there's no longer pain there. But what it did was it threw off the architecture. So now it basically, it's like the leaning tower of Pisa. And after a couple of decades leaning, even though the body doesn't look like it's leaning, it really is it, the structure underneath this. And so that's put torque on the vertebrae and, and pulled them and allowed the pain to be perceived by the body in that back area. But it's really not the back. So then we start treating the other areas um, where we feel like the source of, of the pain is coming from. And lo and behold, it gets better. And so people are like, well, why are you treating my leg when the pain's in my back? I'm like, you've been treating your back for the last eight years. Have you gotten any results? Yeah, no. nothing. You've taken every pill, you've done every surgery that we can, you know, that other doctors have thought about. And now you're telling me to treat your back? It's not your back. It's something else. And the other thing that John was touching on was like the, the inflammation. You know, chronic inflammation is, is what kind of fuels this. This is the fire that burns in the body. That, that just kind of deteriorates everything. Think of it as like, you know, the forest fire is mostly out, but it's those smoldering embers that are just creeping along the ground. You know, they'll burn, uh, you know, acres and acres of just smoldering ember. Um, and that's kind of inflammation. Inflammation has a great purpose in the body and, it, and it's very much needed. Inflammation means healing when it's acute, when, it's, when it happens right at the source of the injury. When you injure yourself and, and you know, that ankle swells up like a grapefruit, it, what that means and what that does is that allows all the components of the immune system, the, the healing components um, within the white blood cell um, fraction 
of the blood to actually get through and outside of the blood vessels. Because of course, that's supposed to be a closed system. The blood vessels are supposed to be a closed system, which is good. But whenever there's injury and there's inflammation, what happens is those blood vessels open up, allow those components to actually go through into the tissue and actually heal that damaged tissue. That's what brings about healing. And without that inflammation, you don't heal. Um, is some of you probably have, you know, known about or been prescribed um, corticosteroids immediately after surgery. Well, the problem with that is it slows down healing. Research and, and finally, um, physicians are coming around and giving less and less corticosteroids immediately after surgery. They don't want the pain of the inflammation, but at the same time, without that inflammation, there's less healing. And so it doesn't heal correctly. So, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the good part of the inflammation. Acute injury, have inflammation. That should resolve within weeks. If that goes for longer than, you know, four to six weeks, um, you know, the jury's still kind of out as far as what's that length of time. But when it goes on chronically, so after that ankle has healed and it's still swelling and it's still painful, and then it goes into more of that chronic inflammation, that's when it becomes destructive. Because then what happens is that's a constant kind of nagging source on the body that doesn't allow that tissue to properly heal, resolve, and move on. It kind of keeps it in this perpetual um, you know, state of, of injury and not optimal healing. And that's where a lot of times we get back to that, where's your foundation? How sturdy is your foundation? Because I bet there's holes in that foundation that isn't allowing the body to get over that chronic uh, kind of disease state and that chronic inflammation. And that can lead to other conditions down the road. That can lead to a lot more systemic, uh, you know, whole body type of system issues if it's not resolved um, sooner rather than later. But, um, you know, getting back to more of kind of the acute orthopedic uh, injuries, uh, you know, whenever, whenever I see those things, um, you know, I usually start off with saying, okay, what's the, what's the minimally invasive technique that we can do? What, what is it that can give you the best result um, in the fastest, shortest amount of time and heal that tissue and allow you to kind of go on with life? Um, we usually start with something like an injection of um, homeopathics with a little bit of procaine and some methylcobalamin, which is B12. So, you know, B12 has a component to healing. The, the procaine is actually similar to the novocaine that the dentist uses, and it is different than the lidocaine that most conventional docs use um, because uh, procaine is a structure that actually breaks down locally in the tissue and it can actually help heal the tissue. So it one creates a local um, numbing effect for you know, 20, 40 minutes, something like that. Um, but the long-term effect is that it actually does help with the pain and the healing. Um, and then the third component to that injection is the homeopathics. Homeopathics have been used um, around the world, especially in Europe, for decades now, very, very long time, as far as the injectables. Um, the oral homeopathics have been used actually for centuries. Um, we, we see you know, Plato and Aristotle, Aristotle and those guys actually talking about um, dilutions, um, which the term homeopathy was not until the late 1800s, but we actually see um, medical inklings going all the way back. And Ayurvedic medicine also talks about dilutions and, and that type of thing. 
because the body um, resonates and, and likes to have a little input and then make what it's going to do with that. Um, we think about hormones. Um, you know, hormones are in micro fractions. They're, they're not in like, you know, 200 milligrams. That's not, that's not what your body puts out every day. It, it puts out, you know, picograms and, and tiny, tiny little doses of all these things that really have a tremendous impact on our health. And homeopathic medications are the same thing. They're, they're very, very small microdoses, but they have a tremendous impact on our health. And they really do help kind of repair and heal that tissue. Um, so, you know, that's, that's where we start. And then we go up from there. Um, John was mentioning like uh, PRP. So that's where, you know, we basically take whole blood. We spin it down. And earlier I was talking about kind of the white fraction of the blood um, being the healing component to it. It's the immune system and it's the healing system of the body. And so the red blood cells are mostly there to, to carry oxygen and, and carbon dioxide. So, so that's great. They, they function tremendously well at, at doing their job, but we don't want them outside the um, you know, vessels for very long or, or in a very high concentration. So what we do is we take the blood, we, we take the red blood cells away, we you know, concentrate it, and we basically take your immune system and your healing structures of your blood, your own blood, concentrate it and put it right where it needs to go. So if you've got a torn hamstring or you've, you've torn something, messed something up, uh, whatever, we're actually concentrating what your body is trying to do with inflammation. We're concentrating that and putting it right where that injury is. Um, and so that's the way, that's, that's the simple principle of how PRP works. Now, it, people are doing a lot more with the PRP as well. Um, but in, in the realm of kind of the weekend warriors and where they're going to use it, that's where they're going to use it. It also helps, you know, re regenerate, repair, um, and, and bring about kind of healing to those tissues. And you can use it in lots of tissues. You can use it in soft tissue. You can use it um, interarticularly in joints. You can use it lots of different places. And then, you know, um, one of our newer technologies uh, allows us to actually put wavelengths of light into tissues. Um, and this is called photodynamic therapy. Um, it's been used in Europe again for, for quite a while now, um, becoming more of a subject here in the United States. Um, but we can actually use photodynamic therapy. So this is different wavelengths of light. And we resonate with light. Um, you know, there's sunlight, there's moonlight, there's, you know, we, we talk constantly now are talking about the blue light that comes from all these electronics and how that like messes up our sleep cycle and everything else. So we're very much influenced by light. We just don't recognize it because to us, it's like sunshine or, or darkness. And, and that's pretty much it. Um, but our body and our brains and, and our whole system kind of resonates with those different frequencies of light. And so we can actually use um, light therapy um, applied to the surface. And we can also go inside and um, put it directly into you know, a muscle or a, a joint or something like that as well. Um, so, you know, we kind of run the spectrum as far as what we can do um, for patients. And I would say, gosh, I can't remember the last time I actually gave a pill for pain um, <laughs> because it's not, it's not something we do. Um, you know, it's like, here's your foundation of supplements to help your pain. And, and here's how it's, and here's how it's going to help you. And here's where you're deficient. And here's where we need to build you up to. And hey, while you're doing this from the ground up, 
we're going to be injecting you and we're going to be putting you into this therapy or that therapy to actually repair that tissue from inside and from outside. Because of course, that's the way we're going to get it to heal faster, better, and um, to bring it back to its, its normal kind of structure. Because the other thing you don't want to do, you don't want to have an injury, have a lot of scar tissue form because scar tissue is not as pliable um, and, and can lead to more injury in that area if you allow scar tissue to form. So I guess how long have you been, or I guess through your education and your development as, uh, uh, as a doctor, how long has it been since the mindset like, no, pill, the pill is the last, the proverbial pill, right? The pain treatment right. is, is the last line of defense. Like, let's, let's go through these common, this common kind of pachinko chart, hit all these deal, hit all this. And then uh, that, that for the most part will take care of it. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the concept of, of the pill, um, you know, that's, it's still what mainstream is doing because, you know, if you, if you go to a carpenter and you say, Hey, what do I do for my plumbing problem? He's probably going to say, well, I've got a hammer. I don't, I don't know. We, we can, we can hammer the pipes, right? <laughs> because it, that you're asking, you're asking him what he can do and his tool is a hammer. Um, so anything that, you know, any solution is going to usually involve a hammer. Um, so, you know, with the way we look at it though, is that's not your answer because let's just say you're you're given corticosteroids. So we take down inflammation. Well, if we take down inflammation too fast, we're not going to repair that tissue. Um, if we take down inflammation, but we always have to keep managing that inflammation, then we're going to you know mess up the gut or we're going to you know degrade that tissue if it's an injectable corticosteroid. Um, you know, so that proverbial one you know one shot or one pill kind of cures you it, it it's it's pretty much out the window whenever you start looking at the whole the whole structure the whole being if i'm just looking at your knee and i don't care about the rest of your body you know okay then then it's like what do we do for the knee but if i'm looking at the whole structure it, it's not just about the knee it's about the the ankle it's about the hips it's about the back and then it's about the gi tract and it's about everything else um so most of the time what what i like to do is again there's typical kind of supplements and there's typical kind of botanicals that we give to regulate inflammation, to regulate pain, to get the, you know, patient feeling a lot better. But that's coupled with lots of those other therapies. All right. So then I guess maybe this could be a little segue into, you know, like we talked about earlier, you're going to be at the Power Athlete Symposium this year, yep. right? Uh, you're going to yep. be up on stage giving a talk. Uh, how about a little preview? What do you what do you got in store? What do you got in mind for everybody? Sure. Um, what I was looking to talk about is injection therapies um, for pain management. So this is going to be talking about some of those homeopathic injections. It's going to be talking a little bit about PRP injections. Um, I'll probably put in some of that photodynamic stuff too, um, because people like to see whenever I take pictures of patients' joints and they're glowing blue and that type of stuff. Um, that's that's kind of cool. Um, but it also, you know, it's it's effective. So I can do that. And, you know, a lot of times patients will have one or maybe two of those treatments, um, follow it up with a little homeopathic at the very end, and, and they're good to go. I mean, they've got, you know, increased range of motion, decreased pain. Um, and some of them are, you know, six months or more out, and they're still feeling great. And again, no drugs. Um, and so I want people to understand that if they get hurt, 
um, this, the, you know, you need a replacement type of, uh, you know, mentality is not the only thing that they need to know. Um, most of my patients that have actually said, you know, oh, I'm going to get that replacement. And they actually end up getting that replacement of knee, hip, whatever. They're so not happy with it. Um, there's so many problems with it. Um, and so, you know, it's one of those things where it's just like, what can we do to help this uh, tissue heal? And so I'm going to be talking about those things. I'm going to be talking about, um, you know, what you can do from a non-surgical point of view for anything that might be injured um, either now or in the future. And then I think uh, Dr. Trinkledon is going to kind of follow up and, and do some stuff on some supplements and, and that type of thing. So it's going to be a very kind of uh, complex, you know, amount of information that you're going to get. You're going to get what to do from an oral point of view and then what to do um, as far as an injection, um, non-surgical kind of thing. Awesome. And, you know, a little before the show, John, we were talking about like uh, just kind of I would say the standard mentality going to the doctor's office, right? Like, um, hey, doc, uh, elbow kind of hurts. Oh, look at that. You got uh, elbowitis. We're going to have to cut that off and give you a new one. OK, sounds good. You know, and I think uh, it's hard to break through to people through people to like have the confidence to. I mean, even Ashley, dude, we went to the vet yesterday. Right. And Zeke has this bump. This is my dog that we found in a ditch. OK, he's got a bump on his side of his. <clears throat> and the doc is like, we got to run all these panels. We're going to do this, this and this and this. And We're then gonna like, biopsy it. Yeah. Kind of scare scare tactics are right because of she all they're talking about is the worst case scenario. And, you know, she's like, okay, let's do it. And then she, like, asked me about it. And I'm like, dog's wagging its tail. It's 14 years old, man. Like, this dog's doing okay. And this shit might happen. But, you know, I'm trying to bridge the gap here between mentalities is, you know, what, how does, how do you get the, how does someone get, build the confidence to have the discussion with the doctor just to ask a question and not sound like an asshole where, you know, Dr. Christie, I'm sure maybe you've had patients be like, well, I've read on fucking WebMD that, you know, and they're like kind of doing the self-diagnosis yeah. thing, sounding like a fool. So like there's right. this middle ground you want to kind of live in, right? Well, I mean, that's how I met Tom. Uh, I got sick. And, <laughs> on a uh, WebMD chat board? Uh, well, <laughs> was that, it was on a different chat board. But uh, actually, uh, I got sick and I got on uh, WebMD and it told me I had leukemia. And so then I called my buddy Bob Sapp, who put me in touch with, uh, with Tom. And I called Tom and I'm like, I got leukemia. He's like, you ain't got leukemia. And so that's really how we got to meet. And he's like, first of all, don't read that stuff. Like that's by far like the worst thing you can do because everything is catastrophic. But a lot of times, um, I think, uh, you know, we go to doctors with the idea that their doctors are all knowing they're these, you know, Doogie Howser geniuses, they'll figure it out. They know. And a lot of times they, they have to go into a fact finding mission. They have to do, um, you know, we don't know what this thing is. Uh, mm -hmm. and you know, people fail at the margins of their experience. So then they have to try to push it. It's kind of like, um, and Dr. Christie remembers this, uh, when Cash was born, he, uh, he got uh, an infection in his belly button. And so he had a little staph in his belly button. And they called me and told me that they uh, wanted to, to uh, do a lumbar puncture oh, God. to test Dude, for meningitis. And, uh, yeah. I, and, and the lady calls me and she's like, do you authorize this? And I'm like, by lumbar puncture, you mean spinal tap. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, we don't call it a spinal tap anymore. And I'm like... Well, it's a fucking spinal tap. Well, and, I'm going to face puncture you with my yeah, fist. And I told her, I'm like, no, you are not <laughs> going to uh, do this. And then she was like, hangs up and then calls me back and is like, can you explain to me why you're going to put your child at risk? And I asked her, I'm like, how fucking old are you? I'm 28 years old. Do you have any kids? No. 
And I'm like, maybe after you have some fucking kids, call me back. And first of all, never call me again, you dumb man. I, I dude, I went fucking ham on this lady. And I told her, I'm like, just because you want to do this to add another fucking feather in your cap, you're not going to fucking uh, think that you can do a lumbar puncture on a 10-day-old 10, 10 baby because you think. And I told him, I'm like, why don't we do this? Why don't we run the antibiotics, see if it cures it. If it doesn't, then we'll look at other deals. And sure enough, what happened? They ran the antibiotics and it was fine. Yeah. And it's like, this is what they do. They use scare tactics and this, and we're a doctor. And I told this lady, I'm like, first of all, um, you're a fucking idiot. Don't ever call me again. But, but you're like the one out of 10. The other nine are probably going to be like, okay, lumbar puncture sounds well, tremendous. Let's well, do that. Well, the other thing too is uh, my wife's really good on deferring to me on this stuff, whereas yeah. uh, they really like they don't yeah take advantage of that. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Like and, and so Kate, like they'll you know she'll call me. It's kind of like a. Uh, we had some guys over to our house years ago to clean the, uh, Kay was convinced that the ducting in the house was dirty and was making people and was making us sick. So she called these people to clean the ducks. The guy comes down and tells her that everything's wrong, shows her these pictures. And is like, we have to rip all the ducting out and we got to redo it now. And if you sign this contract, I'll give you 10% off the, the $10,000 that it's going to cost to redo this. I'll do it for nine. So she calls me and says, um, John, all the ducting's bad. The guy showed me pictures. If we sign right now, he's going to give us 9,000 instead of 10,000. And I was like, can you put the guy on the phone? <laughs> I told the guy, I, I was like, first of all, dude, the house is pretty much new. Uh, I was just up there a week ago fixing the, uh, the AC with my buddy who's, um, you know, a union AC guy. And he commented how nice it was. So, uh, why don't you get the fuck out of my house? And then my wife, and then he gets on there and he's like, oh, your husband isn't very responsive. So then I had my buddy who's a union guy call Kate and he, and he said, get this fucking guy out of the house. Yeah. And then he came over and took pictures and the guy was showing her pictures of somebody else's deal just on his cell phone. And so what did we do? Then Kate got uh, finally then fucking reared up and then called the people and motherfucked them. And then basically they returned our money, thank God. Uh, or I mean, not returned, but just for the cleaning deal. But yep. like, that's what they do. People prey upon the people they think they can take advantage of. And thank God my wife uh, defers to me on this stuff because I'm the first one to be like, no, this is nonsense. Whereas, you know, Ashley thinks that you don't hey, know. Hey, I just saved us 10% on an amazing duct remodeling. Yeah. What? Hey, uh, Zeke uh, <laughs> is going to, you know, they're going to biopsy this thing for 700 dollars you're like we got this dog for free he'll I know. be fine so the uh, but i guess yeah. we're, we're we're kind of painting a, a dark light over the med like uh, i don't know well I, I'll, I'll tell you this i had a doctor uh <laughs> when i was going through my workman's comp i went to go see a shoulder doctor who looked at my x-rays went look went gave me the deal and it's like uh shoulder re uh reconstruction um uh replacement i was like really he's like yeah that's you need a shoulder replacement that's what i would do and i was like but, uh, you know, obviously my range of motion's messed up. I'm like, but, you know, I don't have any pain. And he's like, well, what are you, what are you doing here then? Right. I'm like, I'm here for the workman's comp. And he's like, well, um, you know, if you're not in pain, then, you know, I'll see you when you are in pain. And I'm like, so your only barometer for replacing a joint is pain, not range of motion, not dysfunction, nothing. He's like, no. He goes, knee replacements, shoulder replacements, hips, everything is pain related. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't hurt, we won't replace it. We only replace things when they're hurt. And so now you look at it and say, okay, so the doctor's deal is not necessarily managing or helping. It's just merely trying to prevent pain for the individual. Because mm -hmm. pain is this fucking all-encompassing thing that now our medical profession has been focused on somehow removing pain from everybody, whether it be through pill or surgery. And right. um, the, to me, that's, uh, that's bullshit. Um, and you know, uh, the other one too, is you, is you get a lot of this like holier than now shit. And I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, 
like a lot of people, uh, especially with doctors, like, um, you know, they, they read what they read in the books. It's like, have you ever had tried to talk to a doctor about nutrition? What do you mean? Yeah. You know, uh, you know, the USDA came out with this, you know, this is what the American medical association is saying. And I'm like, well, they're fucking wrong. We know because they just came out and said they were wrong that, uh, there was no connection between, uh, saturated fat and cholesterol. It took them 70 years to fucking say that out loud. And well, of course, admit it, yeah. Yeah, admit it, but look, think about how many statins they've put people on and how many times, even now, if you go to a doctor and they say, oh, you have high cholesterol, you're going to have heart disease. We've got to get you on these statins. And we know there's no fucking link. Uh, there's no link. So I think, um, uh, you know, I went to school, I learned this information, and I just think, uh, you know, that's why I chose to deal with Tom and Cosenta, because Tom wasn't an MD. He was a research scientist. And to me, that was always much more exciting and uh, much more fruitful that I had somebody that was actively doing research that was constantly searching for the right answers that just didn't have a practice that was man, It was just trying to get people in and out like fucking car washes. Mm-hmm. You have to really ask about your health. You have to really investigate. You know, you, we're doctors are human, um, you know, and, and again, we only have the knowledge that we have. We have the knowledge of what we've studied. We have the knowledge of what we've, you know, recently researched. Um, so we're not the, we're not the be all end all. We're not, you know, one person can't know it all. Um, <laughs> Tom's like, no, I know everything. I'm, yeah. But then every time I talk to Tom, which is about once every two weeks, he's like, everything I knew was wrong. Now I know everything new. Don't worry. Right. I completely changed everything. Everything's different. And I've I'm got like, it figured out. When yeah, you see this? Yeah. I have, right. uh, dude, I got this new machine. It's going to be the one. And I'm like, it's uh, the killer. okay. And then it's two the weeks killer. later, it's like, yeah, no, I was wrong. But now I know everything. I'm like, oh my God, dude. Well, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, his his diploma thing. wall is pretty, pretty impressive. Well, and then what did he tell you, Tex? He's like, oh, you're going to learn all this great stuff that John's not going to know. And he's going to be so upset. Oh, I had a great time. And <laughs> I, I did ask him for his resume because we were going for NSCA CEUs um, just for the, the symposium. And he's like, I'll show them. They need proof of who I am. And then I got this 10-page freaking every, every speaking engagement, every published he's ever had, everything, 10-page resume. Uh, we, I mean, we can put it in the show notes if people want to dive <laughs> it's, uh, into this thing. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen Inky's uh, resume, but, um, you know, I would like to actually send somebody to fact check it <laughs> because, uh, you know, I mean, at, at this point, it just might be funny to fact check it. <laughs> you, you, might actually, you might actually find there's a couple pages missing. Missing, yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> actually, uh, we have that, but we also we have this other information. Yeah, we got another eight And he's here. like, yeah, I admitted that. I just, it was just too much. I just couldn't have a 27-page uh, resume. Right, exactly. Yeah, but the you know the the whole thing to all of this really is kind of research. Is it really fifty pages? Questions. His resume is fifty pages. Oh, fifty pages. Yeah, not ten fifty. Sorry, his resume is fifty pages. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Doctor Christie, we just pulled it up here. And or this is his um um his uh what do you call it his um CV his CV. This is a CV known CV. as a, yeah yeah yeah. It, sci- <laughs> scientists and doctors, we don't have resumes. We just have CVs. Yeah, he's got a CV, but I, I just like the. Uh, the fact that he has so many initials behind his name. <laughs> I don't even know what uh, what an LN is. What is that? Um, I think, I think Lunar that, Nuisance? No, I think that's Licensed Nutritionist. Oh, Licensed oh. Nutritionist. Oh, and then he's got an... Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I one day went through and, and deciphered what all the initials mean because there's, there's so many... Um, there can be so many different acronyms for each initial... Um, that sometimes you actually have to ask the person what it means. Mm-hmm. You know, the easiest and, one is, you know, PhD. 
Yeah. yeah, he was telling us about how, uh, you know, even at like an MD or PhD, you can license, you can, an individual can create a qualification that is not the formal PhD or formal MD and then claim themselves as one. Like MD could be a million dollar donor. I don't know, right? And then you walk around with an MD behind your name and people assume it's the MD MD, but it's just some shit you made up and licensed. Well, I thought his PhD was player hating degree. That's what it <laughs> is. That's what I thought it was. Dope. <laughs> I was but, way uh, down that one. No, so Dr. Chrissy, let's link back into this because you know you're you're tapped in probably uh, uh, or you're plugged in a little more uh, uh, deeper than we are to the medical network, right? And I, right. I have a hard time believing that a lot of these guys and gals out there that are you know have gone through this educational path and, and are practicing are maliciously, you know, it's it, that their recommendations are for malicious intent. It's just the fact that, not, yeah, I just yeah. think they're working they're, with old information and that, you know, and yeah. that's what, uh, you know, if you look at standard of care from 10 years ago, uh, you know, how, like, are you telling me that the standard of care 10 years ago is a standard of care today? And it's like, well, uh, it kind of is because, you know, medicine is still taught from the elders. And what I mean by that is, you know, it takes a good 10 years in order to bring a textbook to current. But then by the time you bring it to current, it's 10 years old. You know, so uh, the the information, the knowledge can't change as rapidly as the research that's being, un, you know, unveiled e each day. You know, when, when, when Inkladon, you know, says what I knew two weeks ago is completely different from what I know today, it's really the truth if you're looking at the research because there's research and volumes of it around the world coming out every day. And the research is supposed to be questioning what is what is the mainstay. You know, so it's looking at, you know, do corticosteroids help you heal better or not? You know, and and so then then we ask that question and then we find out no, it doesn't really help you heal better. It makes you heal worse. Um, you know, so so it's answering and asking those questions all the time. And so it that dynamic is constantly changing and constantly evolving. And the only way you can keep up with it is if you're in the research. The problem with most of the physicians out there is they can't be in the research and seeing patients at the same time. You can't see 20, 30, 40 patients a day and keep up on all the current research. There's just not enough time for that. And so what ends up happening is whatever you learned in school, coupled with your, you know, your CMEs that you got to keep up on every year, that's, that's what you go with. That's your knowledge base. And so, you know, if you've been in practice for 30 years, most of what you know is going to be based on stuff that you learned in college 30 years ago with some, you know, advancements here and there, but not majorly changing your paradigm for the most part. Now, some guys out there, they are expanding that and they are more into research. And so you, you do have, you know, the, the exceptions to those rules. Um, but for the most part, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Medicine is just one of those things where it's learned from the elders you know, the old guys are the ones that are the old professors in the school teaching the new students. The textbooks are based on, you know, historical data and, you know, they're ever changing. I mean, you know, every 10 years or so, there's completely new information out there that we're teaching our medical students, but the ones that have already graduated don't get the new information. It, it, you know, it's not like you can just do a computer update to the brain. I wish we could, but we can't. So, you know, that's, 
that's part of it. And again, if, if you if you go to somebody that their only tool is a hammer, everything's going to be solved by the hammer because that's what they know. Um, so it's not that they're being malicious, and it's not that they're, you know, stupid and and don't know what they're doing or anything else. They're doing what they know um, to the best of their their ability to do it. Um, and so you have to look at it from that perspective. That's why. You have to ask those questions. That's why you have to be empowered to make changes. The other thing too is that it's it's about your health and the physician is there to guide you on the path. It's not the physician's role to change your health. It's your role to change your health. So you have to be empowered and you have to resonate with whatever plan that is set forth and you have to make that happen. If, if you don't, if you think that it's all on the doctor, then nothing's going to happen. Um, and so it's one of those where it's empowering the patient and giving them all of the information that we can possibly give them <clears throat> to make those steps forward on their behalf for their health and empowering them to, to make those changes, because that's what really makes the difference. Well, I mean, in my opinion, the first time I saw you guys, I think was three or four years ago. And I just haven't looked back. And I know since then we've sent folks your way. And I know I've got, you know, uh, my fiance out there, Tex has been out there. We've a number of our members. And a question that we often get, Dr. Christie, because no one, I don't know that anyone does a better job of empowering their patients with that information and building a sense of confidence in the treatment plan because right. it, it feels a lot like a very selfless approach, you know, uh, in my, in my experience. Right. So even just this weekend, we had like four or five guys were sitting around at dinner and, uh, you know, sharing some steaks and the question comes up like, okay, so, uh, I want to get out to Causenta. Like, how does that whole thing work? So right. I, I do a very poor job of explaining, you know, the requirements. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's literally as simple as like going to the website and, um, and put in your information and you get a call back from one of your guys in, you know, a freaking right. day or so. But like what 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 should people expect? You know, because I'm sure there's listeners here that have heard time and time again us praise you guys and and they're they're not getting the good juju from whoever their 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 doc is in their area, or maybe they just moved or something, you know. So what does yeah. that look like? So um kind of like you explained it, which is you, you contact us. You can either contact us through the website. You can give us a call. You can send us an email, like whatever you want to do. Um, so we actually know who you are because <laughs> that, that's helpful. You know, like contact information is kind of helpful. And a first name is, is really helpful. Um, and then what we do from there is we kind of say, okay, what, what's your focus? You know, do you just want to optimize health? Are you, you know, in critical need like right now? So you just injured yourself and, and you know, it was yesterday and, and you need it like attention right now. You know, so we kind of gauge like how, how rapidly do we need to get you in here and, and get therapy started on you? Um, and then from there, we um, basically we send you out a link um, and then that is like that whole getting started thing. So that allows you to put in all of your kind of demographic information. Because we are a medical facility, we need lots of that information. Um, and the more information you give us up front, the more time that I can spend and Inkladon can spend dealing with your problem. Because we, we've then narrowed it down. All of that paperwork, all of that information just helps us narrow down mm -hmm. which systems really need our attention. Yeah, and um, in my experience, 
I did a very bad job of that. So like I realized as we were talking, I'm like, man, I should have just taken more time up front, which was the advice I gave Tex when he came. I'm like, dude, just make it a make it your mission to give as much info as possible on the front end because you're going to be in there. You're going to get asked a question. You're going to be like, I don't know the answer to this, you know, and uh, so if, if anyone's out there like do remember, do your research on yourself and your issues and how you feel, everything, anything you can think of, you know what I mean? Because all of that right. does provide insight for you guys. Exactly. And it just narrows it down for us. So then we can spend the time that you're in front of us. We can spend that really focused on, on the nitty gritty. You know, mm-hmm. we can, we can, um, assess that foundation. We can assess the entire structure. Um, and we don't have to look at, you know, the things that are okay, mm-hmm. um, because they're, they're okay. And, um, so from, from that kind of getting started point of view, um, again, it's a lot of kind of work on, patient's part up front, um, because they do have to do all of that. And then, you know, from there, we kind of say, okay, um, you know, any past medical information that you have, send it to us because again, we look at all of that, you know, it's, it's not as much, what is the snapshot in time at today's blood draw? Um, but what does it look like over the last four, five, 10, whatever years, because there's usually a trend and that trend tells us, much more than just a snapshot in time. Any blood work is going to give you that snapshot in time. It's just, what does it look like on the day that I drew your blood? But if we have snapshots in time across history, we can really see those trends. We can see things going south um, well before you ever start getting symptoms of things going south. You know, it's like the people that, you know, are 50 years old and have a heart attack. Um, they're like, oh, well, you know, I thought I was fine. I thought everything was healthy. I was exercising. I was eating right. Um, you know, it's like, well, if you kind of look back, um, you know, if you were able to have a a crystal ball and and move backwards, what you would see is that over time, those parameters were actually changing and you, and you could see that kind of coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's a, there's value in that long-term data. Um, and what I would say to anybody is always, always, always save all of your medical data. So any lab tests that you ever have done, wherever you're at, always get copies, have a file, save it, um, because it, it's going to become more and more valuable the older you get and the more you have. Um, so that being said, you know, you fill out all the data and then we schedule a time. Um, usually we talk to patients um, via phone um, first to, again, get more information and to kind of narrow it down. From there, we will usually um, come up with a proposed kind of treatment plan. And what that means is we're going to say, okay, from all the data you've given us, this is what we're distilling it down to, to look like. And here's where we think we can help you. Um, of course, some of that's going to involve um, labs, some of that's going to involve therapies, et cetera. Um, and so that's, you know, that's where we start with. And then, you know, if possible, we have patients come out here to the clinic. Um, you know, now, part is of it, that is, do, do patients have to head out there or can they, they do this from a, a distance? It, it depends on what they want. So, um, you know, part of it is what medical boards say we have to do versus not. So, you know, if I'm just, if I'm just, um, you know, kind of giving out, um, you know, recommendations and not diagnosis and treatment, then, then I can do that, you know, kind of anywhere. If you actually need to be diagnosed and then you actually need treatment, then I need to see you face to face. So then that's whenever we establish what's called the official, you know, doctor patient type of, um, relationship with that, because that's what the medical board has said we need to do. Um, you know, there's, there's new concepts with telemedicine and that type of thing, 
But, you know, a lot of times, especially for orthopedic injuries and things like that, these aren't things that we can always treat from afar. I, I, I can't physically do anything to you through a computer. So, right. you know, it limits what we can do um, and how effective we can be. So once we kind of have that face-to-face uh, meeting here in Arizona, then we can then we can kind of, you know, manage you from afar for, um, you know, quite a while and then see where we need to go from there. So, and, and, you know, the length of stay out here, you know, some people fly in and out the same day. Some people fly in for a couple of days. Some people fly in for a couple of months. You know, it really depends. It, it, it's all about what you need um, and how it fits in with your schedule. Um, you know, we always look and see what people's schedules are, what we need to, you know, be cognizant of, and then work around that. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the even even the early like the first couple of times I was with you, I just didn't realize you guys are super flexible, right? I mean, you have the latitude right. to go truly like you know space age with a lot of the tech right. that you guys have, are using to kind of disrupt the space of traditional treatment on a lot of this shit, and then. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're just a guy who needs a little bit of, you know, wants to get a micronutrient panel, make sure, you know, uh, androgen profiles in check. Yeah, we can do that too. Like, just tell us, yeah. okay, why are you contacting us? Here's where we can start. And then, you know, kind of the, the proverbial baby steps. And even if, you know, I guess the treatment plan comes out and you're like, ah, you know, I'm not ready for that. You could still, pa- you know, pare that down a little bit and at least get your toe in the water. Cause that's what I don't, <laughs> you know, every time we talk with you guys, either in person or over the phone or whatever, is like the number one neglect, like, or the, the misconception is you're, oh, this expense. This is such an expense. And this is what Tex and I were talking about as he was planning this thing. It's like, dude, they shifted my perspective. This isn't an expense. This is your investment, you know? This is the oh, investment yeah. in the longevity. And and I, I truly believe that. Just like getting a solid exercise program and just being smart about nutrition, like it may cost financially a little bit more than the alternative, but you're investing, right? Right. Um, I don't know. I truly believe that, you know, and, and you, if you have someone you can trust, which I trust you guys wholeheartedly. Now this vet on the other hand, who's trying to rob us, I don't know about <laughs> if this is an investment in my dog's well being, or if this is like, I'm investing in his kid's college fund, but, right. uh, both, both. <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, yeah. I don't know. Text or did you have anything else to add to that? Dr. Christie? It, no, um, you know, I think that that's, that's very valuable. And the fact that um, it's an investment in your long-term health. I mean, we're, we're all about, you know, saving with the IRAs and the 401ks and the college funds and whatever else, right? And so it's like, you know, think of it, think of it as like, um, you know, on par with like a college fund for your kids. You know, people are starting college funds whenever their kids, you know, start kindergarten. And it's like, okay, well, that's not something you're going to use for about 13 years. Um, You know, so think of it as if you invest in your health in the short term, it's going to be a tenfold payoff in the Mm -hmm. long term. Because if you're healthy um, most of your life, then you're going to bypass a lot of those illnesses, diseases, et cetera. You know, you're going to you're going to be able to stave off, the you know, the Alzheimer's, the, you know, the degenerative processes and mm-hmm. and, you know, all of that type of thing. That yeah, the scary to, stuff. Right. It, it just leads to all of this expense way down the road. Um, and if you can stay healthy, one, you're, you're going to be healthy for a lot longer. And two, you're not going to have the expense of all of that uh, going forward. And, you know, people are always like, well, it's not covered by insurance. Well, 
Insurance is, is about, um, you know, managing sick people. Um, uh, we are about optimizing health and keeping you healthy. It, it's not really in the same paradigm. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, insurance will cover a few things. Um, but for the most part, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be your investment. Your insurance doesn't cover your college, you know, your college education for your kids. Insurance doesn't play into your 401k, but mm -hmm. you still need all of those things. It's still something that you're doing for your own future. Um, so, you know, insurance is, is there and it has its purpose um, for most people. But at the same time, it, it's not about, um, you know, optimal health and wellness right now. Yeah. And, you know, with the, the long term thing, what I just think of is, you know, I have friends, um, who have family members who suffer from some of this stuff. And it's like, you know, the family suffers too, you know? And like, that's what I talk about investment. It's like, it's a, it's for the familial unit, you know, down oh, yeah. the line. If you, if you're, if you're that type of person, maybe you're going to be a lone wolf and just a, you know, single guy or gal the rest of your life. But you know, and, and here's, here's how it kind of shakes out too for the people listening is like, listen, uh, Dr. Tom, Dr. Chrissy, their time is valuable, right? So upfront, here's how this thing shakes out. If you're one of those folks who doesn't have insurance or like, Hey, you know, type budget is here's what I'd recommend as soon as possible get a few hundred bucks saved up, get a treatment plan and find out what this thing is going to cost to deploy and then put in a savings protocol to right. eventually pull the trigger on it. Right. Cause it all doesn't have to happen like right now. Uh, exactly. you know, just get, get, get your foot in the door and then put it together a savings plan. And the sooner, the better, you know, I, like, I don't know, I'm 35 year old dude. I wish <laughs> I was just this smart when I was fucking, you know, 20. Which I was basically, I should have been in insane asylum when I was in my 20s. That's basically how it shook out. What's up? I think most, most 20 year olds probably should be too. <laughs> I think okay. we've all gone through that, you know? Yeah. So um, I guess thank you so much for your time, Dr. Christie. Everything, if you guys, listen, if you, if you are on the fence on this symposium, this is just like, this is a peek to the insight you get at this event. So do it. And if you are, if you can't make the symposium, but you're one of those cats like Tex who hasn't taken a peek under the hood in forever, was it forever? Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't have insurance. Um, so uh, mm -hmm. yeah, finally kind of took the investment. Yeah, and you were, spend, had, you were spending all your money on I I education, you know, and like- survival. Yeah, and survival. So, but if it's time for you people, head to causeanta.com, or contact them. I mean, it's it's easy. Pick up the phone and call the front desk. Right. That works. Yep. Or works. shoot an email and give your name and contact information or submit the email through the form and you're going to have access to these cats and honestly, they're going to put you on the right track. So I guess with that, anything to add, Dr. Christie? No, I can't wait to see everybody. And, um, you know, we'll be there for the whole for the whole symposium. Um, so anybody that shows up will actually have lots of access to us. And awesome. Probably be able pick our brains all weekend that is awesome is, are y'all bringing the suitcases <laughs> um more than likely yes are yeah. there more suitcases or is it the same suitcase is there more tools in the toolbox uh, well you know it's it's kind of whatever weight and size allows on on a plane <laughs> so generally speaking um you know most of the time it's the female that travels with most of the luggage that's totally not the case here most of the luggage is actually for all the medical equipment. So yeah. the, the medical equipment is, you know, like the 75 pound heavy bag. And like my, my bag is, you know, the typical kind of 45 pounds. It's yeah, okay, yeah. you know, just, you know, normal. <laughs> and so uh, that's, that's where we're at. And so we'll, we'll bring as much as we possibly can. 
um, you know, also knowing that it's going to be a pretty full weekend with everything that's, that's going on and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I know that we'll show up with, with certain gadgets. Don't know which ones yet. So we'll, it'll be, you know, the Christmas present is to see what we actually show up with. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, the Go Magneto chair. Are we going to have the, <laughs> the, oh, the yeah. X-Men chair? Yeah, exactly. We'll teleport you somewhere. Ooh. Thanks for your time, Dr. Christie, and thank you, listeners. Another episode of the Premier Podcast and Strength and Conditioning. Ing, ing, ing. All right, people. Good show. And again, we'll see you in a couple of weeks here, Dr. Christie. All right. Take care. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Now it's time for you to empower your performance. You heard Dr. Christie, if you are willing to put your money where your mouth is or your money where your body is in this case, head to humanhealthspecialist.com and see all that they're capable of doing in terms of analytics and diagnostics to determine what's going on with you, why you're feeling weird or why you're not performing at your best. I think it's also noteworthy to say they've also been doing some really interesting work with cancer patients, which is obviously very appropriate for our cause in working with uh, neuroblastoma and children who suffer from pediatric cancer. So check out the website, that's humanhealthspecialist.com, and I look forward to seeing everyone next weekend at the Power Athlete Symposium. Until next time, bye!